Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 156 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. How did I sound? You, did sounded, I, you sounded pretty good. Did I sound calm? You sounded calm. You sounded composed. I didn't you, sound like the you, super bad mood that I'm in right now. Yeah, you didn't sound like somebody who just dealt with 15 minutes of technical issues. Okay. Finally Never. It out. <laughs> ending but at least i'm happy because britney spears is finally speaking for herself to get out of that weird <laughs> yikes conservatorship dude. that i will never fully understand my goodness some of the stuff that came out about the, about that story man the iud thing and like that was yikes. terrible they're like you're not allowed to have children you're not allowed to spend your money you're crazy and can't handle everything but plan your show your tour and teach everyone the choreography and write songs like you good yeah like, huh so yeah that's a it's a pretty grody story that came out but uh, you know hopefully now that it's in the public view you can pretty much kiss that conservatorship goodbye that, you know, i can't imagine how they're going to keep that thing going i sure i sure hope not i mean it really makes no sense why someone is in control of her life. I mean, I remember Crazy Britney as well as the next guy, but I don't think that she means you have crazy. to be. It was like a stressed out girl who shaved right. her head and then everyone decided that she was totally insane. And it's like, yeah, that was why? Like, what? 10, 15 years Everything ago? That was a long time ago, looks insane when you're constantly being followed around by cameras. I tell True. you right now, if paparazzi followed me, you would see a whole different Michelle. Like I would lose my mind. Uh, my privacy is important to me. So I, I like the idea. You take it seriously. I would totally start Andy Kaufman. You might out for like the first few times. Yeah. But when you can't go outside and take a run or get your mail or go get a sandwich or run to the like no 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 I'm you gonna, would lose it. I'm gonna, it's gonna be nice when I get to my uh, drugged out phase though of my uh, having everybody follow me around. That'll be fun. I'll be wearing like shades and a Kangol hat and whatever. That's the around. thing that's gonna happen. It happens to everybody. It's I called the, it's called the Bieber. It's kind of what okay. he's been living in for you the last everything. couple of years. Speaking of just '90s news, because that's what talking about Britney feels like. Did you see that Mark Hoppus of Blink 182 is? undergoing chemo for cancer yeah what's yeah. going on it's with my 90s people blink 182 that is a cursed band like, they're not having luck nobody in that band's having a good time right now unfortunately. i mean i don't know about cursed they made a bajillion dollars well that's and true they will forever be like my guilty pleasure band it's funny with i i never really liked them when i was younger and now when they do come on the radio i'm like oh this this takes me back this is a nice calm oh, relaxing feels, little tune it feels good um, okay, so today so it's on to happier topics. We're just Jeez. we're just chill today. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we're good. We uh we were thinking about episodes and we really have a lot of themes and yeah. we talk about actors and we talk about directors. And then I was like, you know what we don't talk about is what we are currently consuming yeah. and we thought that we would talk about that today to see how our spring and summer was going with movies and tv shows and books and that sort yeah we'll, ch we'll check it out see what everybody's watching i'm sure there's going to be zero overlap between the stuff <laughs> me and michelle are watching no I am going to talk about one movie that I know for a fact there's overlap, so I'm oh, excited about it. I am very curious to see what that's going to be. And another one that I know you're going to be into. So yeah, so I want to just hop into it. So this is stuff that we've recently watched. It does not mean it's new. It could be new. It could be old. Um, um, it's just something certainly. that we've stumbled across that has blown our hair back enough that we want to talk about it. Yeah, it's stuff that we checked out again, maybe reevaluated. you know, new yes. stuff that's hitting the books. So the first film I want to talk about is called Aniara. Does that sound familiar to you? No, it does okay. not. Okay. This is 
an exemplary, high-concept, contemporary sci-fi film, okay? So we begin this movie with a doomed Earth. It's spiraling into economic doom. All right. You know, global warming has pretty much destroyed it. So a shuttle brings a group of lucky passengers out of Earth's atmosphere on this giant craft called the Aniara. So the craft is amazing. And at first, it's like this delightful space-floating hotel. It has a shopping mall and Mm. massage parlors. It has, like, everything you could imagine because it's like a four-month journey to, I think they're going to Mars is where their new home is going to be. There's just one problem on it. So shortly after, you know, setting out on this, space debris smashes into one of the craft's reactors. Uh, That's never good. Yes. So the captain has to jettison the ship's nuclear fuel supply because he's like, if I don't ditch this, we're going to just explode. And now the craft and its passengers are floating until they're saying the ship's captain is like, we're going to happen upon this gravitational field. And that's going to allow us to kind of slingshot back and get back on course. They're going to pull the Apollo 13. I like it. Yeah. But like... When, when, when's that going to happen? So this film was kind of wild. It originated as a Swedish epic poem in 1956. Yes. Epic poem about space and Sweden. Yes, it's really weird. weird. It's by Nobel laureate um, Harry Martinson. Then it was adapted into an opera. In 1959, it was made into a film before this one in 1960. It has inspired more than one prog rock album. Okay. It's told, so like people are obviously very into it. The central character here is a woman known as uh, Mima Robin, and she's in charge of this special room on Aniara called the Mima. Okay. So in the Mima, it contains this large like color pulsating panels and they create this Mima pillow. So just okay. bear with me for each user. So what it is, is it's a virtual reality where you lay on this pillow and with the blinking lights, what it does is it shows you VR of your own memories. Oh, okay. So like, you're like, I want to remember walking in a creek, you know, when we had earth and water and I saw a deer. And so like people really use that as part of like this spa experience okay i like how innocent your memory that you pulled was there walking by a stream well i feel like when nature is dead all you're gonna dream about is how beautiful earth's nature was and be like oh that was terrible that we just destroyed it but this film i mean i'm not gonna lie it all adds up to like a very bleak sort of in space no one can hear your silent scream of existential despair sort of thing so which i guess is a benefit of space you can scream all you want nobody will hear it i found it really interesting it kind of takes place in chapters as time and i won't tell you how much time kind of goes by on the ship it's really bracing for sure those who are out there looking for a 
positively aspirational space film are going to have a really hard time with this one. So <laughs> this might not be the one for you, but we really enjoyed it. And it, it really gives you a lot to talk about and to really ponder your own reactions and how you would feel. And I, I really dug it. This nice. was a patron recommended film. Really? Yes. Yes. Andrew was helping someone with some sci-fi stuff and then they actually recommended it and he was like, oh, I'll grab it. And yeah, we really enjoyed it. Oh, Annie right. check it out. See, look at that. The patrons helping us out and everything like that. I love Full it. Full circle. And, oh, I never heard of that one. I'm going to go check it oh, out. Oh, you'll it totally check cool. it out. Yeah. All right. So you know what? Going on our theme of complete darkness and bleakness that this episode seems to be going on. Yay. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to recommend the Netflix show Black Summer. Have you checked this nope, guy out? No, look at me writing it down. Black okay. Summer. Okay. So Black Summer, to sum it up, it is basically the show that Walking Dead wishes that it was. Interesting. So Black Summer is technically a prequel to the show. Uh, oh, gosh, I forget what it was. It's some zombie show. Z Nation. It was on Sci-Fi okay, Channel. Terrible show. Absolutely okay. awful show. <laughs> All right. But. You know, the, the world of it was cool, and the guys were like, you know what, there's something here we can play with. So basically what Black Summer is is it picks up right when the zombie apocalypse is kicking off, and it's not one of those zombie ones where if you get bit, you die, you come back. It's anybody who dies comes back to life. So oh. as soon as you die, mere seconds later, you are back up, and you are trying to rip the next person apart. You don't even have to be bit? No, it doesn't You matter. just fall and break your neck and now you're a zombie? Yeah, fall and break your neck. You so come they can't up a even kill people later. to put them out of their misery or anything? Wow. No. Okay. It, it, but it, it, you can kill the zombies? You can kill the zombies. Same okay. way. You just take out their head. But, okay. you know, it's one of those situations where people are die bleeding out. Do you let them bleed out? Because then they'll just come back as a zombie like in five seconds or do you kill them while they're alive? There's a lot of darkness in this show. And it's one of those ones where do not get attached to any of the characters okay. that you meet. Okay. We got like this, like the stand here. Oh, it is just, it, people are just getting taken out left and right. They really are big fans of the uh, Children of Men tracking shot. So there's numerous times oh, I where do there'll, like be, that shot, yeah. there'll be like no cuts for like 10 minutes straight of people just running away from zombies through numerous buildings. If you are looking for a new kind of zombie f show that doesn't really focus on characters too much, but... Give, tells an interesting, dark story. And the way they play with time is fun, too, because they don't tell it linear most of the time. They'll show a scene, and then they'll have... It's set up in chapters as well. So they'll have a scene, it'll happen, and then, like, they'll come back to what happened earlier later on in the episode. So okay. it all wraps around to each other, and you can see all it from right, different I, angles. I dig that. It is a pretty awesome zombie show. Season 2 just dropped gotta check it out man it's on netflix and probably at the library very soon too so i am not surprised that's what you're doing with your free time <laughs> there's not the only instance of zombies that will probably be coming okay. up on <laughs> okay um i guess this is this might be considered bleak yeah, maybe not maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called the mauritanian which I've had a really that, hard time saying that sounds like a bleak title like more no mauritania is a country like uh, below Morocco in Africa. So Mauritanian sure. is a person from there. If you say so. Exactly. Um, but it's about Muhammadu um, Old Salahi, which I hope I said correctly. He spent 14 years at Guantanamo Bay. Okay. Despite never being charged with a crime. He was picked up right after 9-11. Um, he was accused of being one of the key recruiters for the attacks, despite 
almost no evidence that he was directly related at all. But what happened is one of the hijackers spent a night on his couch. Um, and in the international pursuit of justice, he kind of became another victim of it, where he was like, oh, that dude? Like, I didn't know him. My friend asked if he could stay for the night. Like, he totally he, did. He, he got Mary Seward, man. Basically, somebody <laughs> stayed at his house, and he got... Yeah. Got well, so... He, he detailed his imprisonment and his terrible torture in a book called Guantanamo Diary, which was published in 2015, and that became a bestseller. Mm. And then, this, so this is the inspiring true story of the fight for his freedom, um, again, after being imprisoned for years without charge by the U.S. government. Um, he finds, so he has a defense attorney, Nancy Hollander, that's played by Jodie Foster in the movie, and her associate, who's uh, Shaley Woodley. And the actor is Tahar Rahim. I think I've seen him and stuff. He was phenomenal. It I thought familiar. he was really good. Like I was like, oh, this guy's going to be in tons of stuff. He, I think he could end up being a star. Like his performance, I thought was really, really, really strong. Um, but yeah, it's just a film of them kind of having to trust their client. And okay. even the Jodie Foster character is like, I don't know, maybe he's not. But like, I need to look into it. That's what my role is. Um, it was really kind of controversial, their advocacy. And then there is um, the military prosecutor, who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, who oh. actually nails an American accent and a Southern one to boot. Oh, I, I'd have to hear this. I mean, I've I, heard him do some really terrible accents, but hi, we were like very hi, impressed. Michelle, I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. He's, he's actually American. good. He's actually good at it. But he uncovers some really shocking truths and kind of puts him in a position of like, wait, what am I what are we doing here? What's happening? Is this like a newer movie? Like it is a newer film. Okay, because there's Jodie Foster. She doesn't do many movies anymore. So. No, and she's she's also really good in it. It's kind of gives you that human spirit cannot be locked up or broken sort of thing. Even though I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know if my human spirit would make it. But I I did find it to be a pretty powerful film. You know, you don't feel great at the end. You don't. You don't feel great about the way that things are going on, so I'll no. just move on from there. But I recommend that film. Man, Guantanamo's coming up a lot lately. Uh, just a dark, dark episode. We're gonna change the title. Dark of this time. Episode. Dark, <laughs> dark times there. But okay, what do you have? All right. So the next one is. I'm going to have to do this one, aren't I? A depressing mm. <laughs> marriage movie that I, for wow. some reason, checked out. So it's called Downhill. And the reason I started watching it was because... Wait, was this with Will Ferrell? Yeah. That's based on an excellent movie I called know. Force Majeure. I but was okay. going to mention that. I did not know that going okay. into it. What I saw was Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So I'm like, okay. That that's going to be, be funny. That's going to be a good little comedy. Oh. So then I start watching it. And oh, oh man, you want to talk about a movie that is all marriage breaking down in, in front of your eyes? So they're playing serious roles? Yeah. They're then why did they pick them? I, it, it's baffling. There's like minor comedy, but it's a lot of like seriousness. It is mi it, wrongly cast. There's no reason for the two of them to be in here. Also, Force Majeure was like a really good foreign film. So it's like, oh, why do we remake them and then remake them poorly? If you were going to remake a film, you better know that your film's going to be amazing. Right. Like, <laughs> you got to get some serious actors in here. Like, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, Julie Louis-Dreyfus is great, but with Will Ferrell, it's a weird combo, you, and I don't like you it. You expect something that you're not getting. Basically, what this movie is, is they're on a skiing trip with their kids. 
there is a avalanche that happens, and instead of running towards his kids, Will Ferrell's character runs away. Yeah. And then he tries to come back like nothing happened. It's, and a, it's a hard thing to come back from. Yeah. It's, I, it's hard it's, for her to look at her husband the same way and be like, oh, you are not a protector. So, like, I'm... F- 45 minutes into this movie and I'm, 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 you know, I'm invested at that point and I'm like, oh, this is not what I thought this was going to be. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the comedy I thought. If you are like me and you're on HBO Max and you happen to see this movie, you know, watch it, check it out. Maybe go watch the original. Might have a little bit more enjoyment out of it. Just don't go in there expecting a knee slap. Okay. Comedy. I think that's, that's at least helpful. Because like, that's what you're, <laughs> that's <laughs> not what you're getting in this one. Uh, let me throw in a book. I loved this book. It's um, a little bit older. It's called Fingersmith by Sarah Waters. Okay. Okay. I will just start by saying that I loved this book. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it had great character development, and it had twists where I did not ever know how it was going to end at all. Okay. And I really like that. So it's about Sue Trinder. She's an orphan. This is like... I don't know, early 1800s, we're going to say. Bad time to be an orphan. Yeah. She's left as an infant in the care of Mrs. Suxby, who's like a baby farmer. So she like gets people's babies and she's selling them. But she raises Sue with an unusual tenderness, almost as if Sue was her own. And there are petty thieves who are kind of coming in and out of this transient home. Um, They're called fingersmiths. That's what they called in London people who were thieves, who stole stuff. Okay. Okay, Okay, sure. So they like live in the slums in London and they're fingersmiths and it's great. So one day the most beloved of all the thieves arrives. He's called Gentleman. He's a con man and he has this really exciting proposition for Sue. He's like, I'm trying to win a position or okay, I want you to become a maid of this, you know, fancy lady Maud Lily. Okay. She's this naive gentlewoman and I am gonna try to seduce her and marry her and I want you as her maid to be like he is a really great dude because she has this really vast inheritance and I want that money as her husband and then I'm going to give you a chunk of the money once we have the inheritance we're going to say that she's crazy and send her to a lunatic asylum because it was obscenely easy to send women to lunatic asylums then. You're like, she's having a bad day, and they're like, lock her up. This dame screamed at me. Lock her up in the loony bin. Get her out of here. Exactly. And Sue really wants to pay back the kindness of her, like, Mrs. Suxby and this adopted family. So she's like, okay, like, I'll do this. Um, And once in, it's tough because she really pities her, like, really helpless Mark, this Maud Lily. She's, like, kind of has feelings for her she's like oh i'm gonna do this really terrible thing to her but i'm just gonna say that's all you need to know that's the intro of the story nothing is as it seems it's like kind of a dickens-esque sort of novel it has thrills it has reversals i was really into it it's a slower book it unfolds but in a way that i thought was great like my i was like ooh, like talk faster i want to know what's going to happen but they didn't and i appreciated that i thought fingersmith was awesome highly recommend all right i'm going to check that one out man you have sold me on this idea oh i i will tell you about a part of it after and then i will double sell you but i'm not going to say it on the air i always like learning new (laughs) british slang as well so now i know what to say call pickpockets over there there you go couldn't remember all right so what's next all right all right, more depressing stuff. Why? Why the Wow, that not? doesn't seem like you to always be watching depressing things. You're usually upbeat. Yeah, you would think. You know, if you, <laughs> you wa- listen think. to the show, you would you would think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got two quick ones from Netflix, real quick. 
Uh, number one is the movie Stowaway. Have you heard about this one? Mm, I don't think so. It stars Anna Kendrick and Tony Collette. So, you know, that'll, those will both get me in the door. But basically what it is is a mission to Mars, a three-person mission to Mars. Uh, the crew is forced to make a horrible decision when there's a stowaway on board. So instead of having the oxygen and food and everything they planned for three people, they got to stretch it out to four. Wah, wah. And, it's funny we both have not gonna make it. movies with people going to Mars. You can see where society's leaning. We're all yeah. ab- like accepting that the Earth's like going to implode. I like how scientists <laughs> are like, we got to get out of here, man. This is terrible. <laughs> totally. Um, you know, with a lot of star power, it's a Netflix movie, so it doesn't look the greatest because of their insistence on digital cameras. But the movie itself is pretty good. The acting is good. The okay. premise is absolutely mind-bendingly terrifying. Oh, Plus, man. I mean, come on, the stowaway. You do you throw feel, them out the airlock, you right? feel kind of terrified? Well, if you're like stuck you in space. Like, you feel that or... anxiousness watching it? Because I like when a movie creates Oh, it. yeah. It's like it's like a ticking clock kind of thing. It's like, you know, this is going to happen. We're, it's, this is inevitable. There is no decision here. We have to do okay. it or bad stuff's going to happen. Okay, that's cool. And speaking of bad stuff going to happen, the new Zack Snyder movie on Netflix, Army of the Dead. Oh. Oh, my God. So there's going to be people that are going to tell you this is the greatest movie Are you movie recommending ever made. it even though it's trash? Or are you saying don't watch this it's people? A, it's a Zack Snyder movie. So it's fun to watch for just the pure lunacy and insanity. Really but if, means, but if okay. you are look, it's the guy who made like the I mean, I know Justice who League. he is. I just. If you are looking for a movie that looks great, but if you start paying attention more than surface level, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. This is the movie for you. Okay. So basically, Batista is leading a team where they have to break into a Las Vegas casino that is overrun with the living dead. Oh, I hate this movie already. Yeah, and they're the fast <laughs> zombies. And I just know. There may or may not be aliens in it. There are, and I'm not kidding you, I noticed this, and then people other pointed out, there are robot zombies in this movie that are unexplained. Robot zombies. Robot zombies, and they are unexplained. Like, you just see <laughs> robot guts when you're, some of these I, zombies are getting shot apart, and oh. you're like, why? And then you, they talk to Snyder about it, and he's like, yeah, it's going to be for future movies. Why? Why are you trying to plan this future? So, oh my God. See, that's what you're good for. You watch the garbage so that you can <laughs> spare people the pain. Yeah, and yeah, and you know what else? I'm doing a rewatch of Game of Thrones, and I'm almost done with it. And people, <sighs> your guys got on it too much. It's a lot. Of, it's really good, man. I'm I'm all the way up to the Long Night. I just watched that episode. Wow. Uh, the Battle mm. of the Dead. And you know what? I'm still enjoying the show. Well, We're getting to the more questionable stuff I don't have that kind soon, of time to watch Game of Thrones again. That's like maybe when I'm well, retired. I haven't been doing it all together. You like watch an episode here or there, and next thing you know, you're done. I, I, I guess. I don't think so, but okay. It's worth checking out, everybody. We can't all be reading 75 books a day like you do, Michelle. I like to read, <laughs> judgy. Okay, this movie I saw, this is a weird film, but... I definitely finished it and immediately text Jacob, and I was like, you have to watch this movie. Oh so boy. I'm talking about The I, Empty Man. Oh, I watched that movie too, man. What a, that was a, that was a whole mind-bender thing right there. That It was interesting, right? It so was. the first thing I'm going to say, and this is the bummer, it is not streaming anywhere for free, and they have no plans of releasing it on a DVD for the library to get. So right now, the only way to watch this is video on demand. You're going to have to pay to rent it. But it is worth it, man. This movie is a trip. It is a trip. So it kind of, it starts off, there's four friends. They're hiking in Bhutan in 1995. And one of them hears a sound in the distance that it seems like only he can hear. He wanders off. He mm-hmm. falls into this crevice. So his friend hur- hurriedly, like, he repels down 
and this scene is so creepy, but he finds the young man, he's seated, and he's staring at this like terrifying skeleton. Mm-hmm. And he gives him this one warning. He like whispers and he's like, if you touch me, you'll die. Which, and then he goes catatonic. Which again, you're not gonna touch that guy. I mean, your friend is in a crevice, like of course you are. So his buddies, they get him out, they take him to this nearby cabin, and then things get really weird. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. So then it cuts to like the main story, which is in Missouri in 2018. Horrifying as that is to be <laughs> Shut up. And then enter James. He's celebrating his birthday alone and he's having these flashes and memory of conversation of like this trauma you can see very early on he lost his wife and child in an accident his only friend seems to be this neighbor named nora she comes to him after her daughter amanda goes missing and she's like hey no one seems to really be investigating this can you kind of check it out and see what happened to my daughter and I don't think she just randomly left because there's a message in blood in her Mm -hmm. room that says the empty man made me do it. Yeah. (laughs) Premise of the film. And then I don't know. It's like craziness. And like, it's like a, there's like Donnie Darko and other kind of psychological. They're weird. Like I, I I feel like it, I mean, it has that bloody Mary candy man, slender man. That's what they're definitely doing it. It's like if you blow in an empty bottle on an empty bridge, that's like how you summon the empty man. Now, I am not a person, I don't, I'm not super big on horror films, and I definitely do not like those crappy, I mean, you know, those millions and billions of horror films that come out. I don't care about all the ones I tell you to watch. Your Death Day, I don't care about Ouija. I don't like By those the way, movies. Uh, Happy Death Day and uh, Ouija 2, both really good. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but this is a very interesting film. You can tell that this film was made for a lot of money. Yeah. Like, this is not a cheapy film. So I don't know what happened, but then the pandemic happened. It totally messed this movie up and it messed up its release. There was zero press. Absolutely no press came out for this film. It's kind of just spreading by word of mouth. It is remarkably ambitious and challenging. It's weird. So I'm not gonna say that it's for everyone. Oh, and it has weird. a crazy conclusion that I'm not gonna lie, I don't even know if it made any sense at all. It kinda made sense. They explained it, it made sense. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I was like, meh. But I was still into the whole journey. I think it's like four bucks to rent if you can afford that. Please check out Empty Man and then talk to us about what you thought about it. Yeah. Come come check us out, guys. We're recommending it to you. We want to know if we're just crazy or if we're talking to empty people. We as should well. watch it again together. That might be a good idea. We could like because bounce ideas off each other. That one scene, I'm just going to say, remember by the lake? Oh, yes. Terrifying. Oh, yeah. I was like, my heart's pounding. I don't, I'm just, my head's going, nope, nope, nope. Like, that's what's <laughs> running through my head. So, yeah, I really dug it. Good ah, film. Yeah, go check it out, everybody. It's a fun one. Okay, cool. In, in a manner of speaking. In a manner of terrifyingly speaking, yes. Uh, what else you got? All right, I'll go with a quick one here. There's this, it's a new show, it, one season show on HBO Max that just came out with my favorite, one of my favorite actresses, the only reason to watch Titanic, in my opinion, the great Kate Winslet. Oh, I'm talking about Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, you are. That was on my list too, bud. Oh, was it? See, I love Mayor of Easttown. Great minds thinking alike. So if you haven't seen anything about it, and I wouldn't blame you because HBO did not really promote the show. But I feel much. like everybody is talking about it now. It definitely had some good 
Oh yeah. Word of mouth. So basically, what it is is a officer trying to solve a crime while you know her life is collapsing around her. I think that would be the the shoebox version of what the show is about. But it's another twisty turny. Got to figure out who the killer is before the end of the show. Which you probably won't do. No, you probably won't. I thought I had it. <laughs> I was patting myself on the back. It was the butler. The butler. Did. <laughs> but, um, but Kate excellent Winslet, ensemble piece, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Kate Winslet is putting in work on this show, man. She is She is all about it. This is somebody who realized, hey, man, this is not just a TV series. Like, I can make this a whole thing. Kate Winslet's amazing. I would watch mm-hmm. Kate Winslet do anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously she's one of the great actresses that nobody ever talks about. I feel like she's just people still talk about Titanic like that's the only. And then when they talk about Mayor of Easttown, I hear how they're like, "Oh, in the sex scene, you had like a fat role showing, and that the editors tried to edit it out." And Kate Winslet was like, "That's literally what my body looks like. It's fine. Just leave it." And I'm like, "Of course, that's what we're obsessing about as a society." Like, I think Not that it was like this amazing character study, murder mystery, and actors showcase of a miniseries. We're talking about fat roles. Yeah, it's like way to pay attention to the script, guys. Like, yeah. pay, what else was happening in that scene? Oh, God, to be an actor, it's got to be the worst. Um, but <laughs> but go, go check that one out and go check out Loki on Disney Plus because oh, that I'm, one's a lot of fun. You get, get your MCU that. on. And you know what? It's our favorite. It's the show's favorite actor is on there, Mr. Owen Wilson. So. Oh, oh wow, oh, wow. Loki! Oh, You're wow. killing everybody. Hey, Michelle, I got a mustache. Isn't oh that no, weird? I don't. Oh, wow. I don't support any of this. Let me throw in <laughs> one more book. I did not get through barely anything on my list, um, but I will say: read Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Okay. Also super fun. Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Hamnet. I like it. Was gorgeous. That was a gorgeous book. Wholly original, fully engrossing. I really love this book called Un- Undocumented Americans by Carla Cornejo. Villa Vicinio. Nailed it. Now, the book I want to talk about, though, this has been around for a while. It is still on the bestseller list. I think it's 100 million years later. It is called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. I mean, even if you're not into plants and all that, this book was stunning. I've sent it to two friends as a gift, and I was like, this book is going to help you rebound from 2020 energy. Um, is about is a botanist, Robin Wall Kimmerer. She's been trained to kind of ask questions of nature, um, but she has like that science backing. She's a member of the citizen Potawatomi Nation, and mm. she embraces the notion that plants and animals are our oldest teachers. Um, okay which I definitely support. And in the book, she kind of brings the two lenses of knowledge together, like the science and the indigenous aspects. Um, It talks about so many different things, kind of like the creation story from her tribe, but just the celebration of our reciprocal nature relationship that we should have with nature and the rest of the living world and how you know we have to hear the languages of other beings to be capable of understanding the generosity of the earth and i think it really does help you see and reappreciate it makes you feel terrible also that we've just disregarded all of the things that the earth was like all these things are meant to work together and it works really well. Yeah, and you are ruining that and not listening to that. Yeah, but does it got plastic in it? Because if it oh, does, I don't want it. It really hurt, especially with indigenous people of like where they're like, we were here for so long 
and everything was chill. We were like, this is how this works together. This is where we get medicine from this. This is why we plow this because it helps other things grow. Like figured it out. And then we came and we were like, we don't want to know none of that. Yeah. We build a mall. We, <laughs> we, a did all the, we did all this <laughs> stuff across the ocean. It, it's the yeah. same thing. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, so, but anyway, there's really good stuff to check out. I wish that we could mention more stuff, but we are sadly out of time. Which, Jacob. as we always are. But don't worry because everything that you hear mm, on All Booked Up. Mostly everything. Yeah, mostly everything. <laughs> is going to be available at your local library. We have 37 branches all across Erie County. So stop on by and say hi. Uh, you can also visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. Check out what we have in store. Check out your account. Get some ebooks, all that good stuff. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod and let us know what you are watching and give Michelle more awesome sci-fi suggestions about I, stuff to watch. I do appreciate that. Let me do some facts really quick. Jacob, do you know that vegetables don't really exist? Oh, I, I, you tell who you telling? I don't ever <laughs> eat them. <laughs> so professional chefs and home cooks use the word vegetable to describe everything, you know, asparagus, broccoli, yada, yada. But it turns out that that term has no scientific value. So when a botanist, Wolfgang Stuppy of the Royal Botanic Gardens was interviewed, he was asked, you know, if vegetables really exist, and he answered, no, not botanically. The term vegetable doesn't exist in botanical terminology, therefore, you canceled vegetables. You canceled. Uh, uh, remember, Don't want them. I know. I remember when I was young, my mom used to talk to me about asparagus. Asparagus. I'm like, I didn't know we had a first Gus. Huh? Huh? I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to know you. <laughs> Jacob, did you know this summer, here's a tip, you can tell the temperature by counting a cricket's chirps? Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? That's awesome. So if you're not sure what the temperature is on a hot summer day, listen to the crickets. Um, according to the Library of Congress, they adjust their signature sounds according to the temperature. Oh. So you can count how many times a cricket chirps in 15 seconds and then add 37 you will get a number that is pretty close approximation to the current temperature in really? degrees fahrenheit well now that's just cool little that's some cool boy scout knowledge i love right that there. that's very much that's pretty awesome now i gotta count cricket chirps and our last fact did you know, and this really fits our whole theme of space movies astronauts can now bake cookies in space it's about time Right? We did it, everyone. We've been waiting. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> in fall of 2019, the International Space Station tested out a space oven that would allow those on board to bake cookies. Because according to Scientific American, when scientists investigated the potential psychological effects of long-term missions and deep space travel, they found things that would be more bearable if astronauts had good access to a variety of foods that smell and taste a little bit more like home. Hmm, okay. So it adds this sense of normalcy to astronauts' time away from Earth if they can smell delicious home-baked cookies. If I that's mean, not wholesome, I don't know what is. I don't work for NASA, but you could probably just shoot the scent in there and have the same effect. But I'm glad that we can cook cookies in space. Look at Jacob. He ruins everything. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.